he abandoned corporate America to embark on a whole new venture in horror podcasting. Please join your host, Ben, and his sister, Adrian, for today's episode of Not Your Average Horror Show. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Not Your Average Horror Show. It feels like it's been a while since we have done one, and yeah. actually it has been a while. <laughs> it was a, an unplanned hiatus. Yep, exactly. It's been a... Well, I didn't even tell you this, but I actually did a solo show last week. Oh, man. <laughs> First time ever attempted. Okay. Wait, what was it even? What was the movie? I Actually, it was a newer movie I found. It was called... Um, the one I was looking for was called Blood Beach, okay. which takes place in California. I think oh, it's wow. like Venice Beach that they <laughs> set it on. And that's okay. what I was looking for. And so I'm looking through like the, uh, the list of options online and I found it was labeled Blood Beach, but what it was in fact was the beach house, Oh, which was, as you might have guessed, a beach house. But the horror theme was behind this like parasitic thing which was out there and just like going from person Mm. to person and i'd never heard of it and never seen it obviously but it's pretty interesting so i decided Mm. what the hell i'll do that (laughs) saving the trouble of like and racking my brain yeah well it was a surprise for everybody (laughs) i guess it was the fact that the movie was unusual and the fact i was doing it by myself yeah wow what if the reception is more positive than (laughs) i don't know i am not needed well i spent half the show trashing you about the whole situation with the cat and that forgetting about man (laughs) just kidding well i'm gonna walk out right now (laughs) i quit (laughs) i quit the podcast it was only for a minute or two really it was it was all in fun really i i assume so and i might have mentioned that alex jones is your favorite radio personality oh no Infowars. (laughs) i need to flee the country (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see ya yeah so you didn't flee the country but you fled the east coast you went out to california mm-hmm. anything notable happen out there uh <laughs> i'm trying to come up with something i um i was visiting my friend and her husband and her one-year-old so it wasn't a um not the most thrilling thing ever <laughs> i mean i don't want to like cut it down like that oh it no. just wasn't you know just a pleasant like, visit uh, sure yeah, it wasn't a whole lot of, ton of thrilling, noteworthy action. Um, right. There was that uh, rich town of Tiburon that I toured. Shout out to anybody who lives there. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So you felt I, right at home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody invited me on their yacht, though, which that was kind of my aim when I was there. But oh, you have alas, to earn that. Yep. it didn't, didn't happen. <laughs> nope. Nope. You got to put in some time with these rich guys first. You got to like sit at the bar listen to them bore bore you yeah with all their stories of financial success and then maybe eventually yeah maybe i i just look to my plebeian vibes were too uh out there <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but the bars that i scoped out it was like eh, i don't know if i want to hang out there and spend like 17 dollars on a drink for the hopes that i may or may not be invited on a yacht Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the idea is to get them to buy that for you. Right. Yeah. But it's always a risk, always a gamble. You never know. Right. Well, I was recently out in New York City. I don't think I mentioned this, but I went up there for work. Oh, no, you didn't mention. You have not caught me up at all on your life. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So I stayed in Flushing, Queens. Uh, 
that sounds which disgusting. sounds just like he might have had <laughs> no no it actually wasn't bad it was uh the hotel was really nice and you could see net stadium directly mm. out like this they had this 12th floor restaurant which overlooked that part of new york and you could see the mets and they were playing a game they were playing the yankees i should have just gone to a game or got but, a pair of binoculars yeah <laughs> nah, 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 nah. but you could see like their stadium in the new york city skyline behind that which is really cool as oh, the sun yeah. was setting nice and as i'm sitting there like i'm at the i'm at the bar one night like the last night i was there and this lady sits sits down next to me mm-hmm. there's like all empty chairs yeah and i'm sitting there and she sits right next to me and like that never happens uh- and so she just kind of sits there and, you know, she just like looks around and then she leaves and then she comes back. I'm like, okay, something is definitely up. She's going to ask me something. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's probably a prostitute. Uh, of course. Because she that's starts talking default. to me. <laughs> your default assumption. <laughs> well, I can only imagine. I mean, that's just not, no woman ever does that, at least not next to me. <laughs> so she does start talking to me and asking me certain questions about work. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. how is she going to, you know, um, bridge this right into what i think she's going to uh-huh and the next thing i know she starts asking me about like financial stuff she's like so do you what kind of investments do you have and and this mm-hmm. and that she's like do you own property or mm-hmm. I'm like what what is she doing and then it's she's a life insurance salesperson what like yeah that so, is so strange so i made this joke on facebook a little bit about that mm-hmm. and i was like yeah i don't know which is worse the fact that she was trying to sell me insurance or that she could have been a prostitute. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, girls got to make money somehow. I guess. Right? <laughs> so that was a big excitement for me for the month. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. But um, anyway, so on to this week's movie, The Mean Season. Um, not exactly a horror movie and probably not something that most people have heard of. Uh, it sounds like a horror movie, but yeah. just by the title, but it's probably under way, way under most people's radars. And, you know, it's it's probably one of these things where it's just like people, if if they did know about it or if they did end up watching it, they'd be like, okay, why? <laughs> What's the point? It's a very uh, random film in the rotation right i guess it's kind of comparable to graduation day although that at least has some kind of notoriety in the horror world Mm, but like there's that summer connection and this kind of has that too yeah wait i feel like we've talked about this before but when was the first time you saw it like how did you become so like entranced with this film (laughs) with the main season yeah was it on like Oh, it was on... You know, AMC one night or something. Oh, AMC. I should be so lucky to have gotten <laughs> that. No, we had three crap channels and one Canadian channel. That's all I had when I was growing up. <laughs> That's what I had to live with. Yeah, this, here we go again. <laughs> but it's, yeah, this was on um, the with the Canadian channel. Oh. Who, you know, I could be thankful for this at least. They would they would um, air their movies and not edit anything out. Mm. So any kind of nude scene or profanity mm-hmm. or violence, like that would all be included. Right, okay. Yep. So that was how I saw this one. It was just on Channel 12 one night. I taped it and wasn't really all that taken by it the first time. And then <laughs> I remember the next year watching, I was like, yeah, let me find that movie again. And so I just put it on. Mm-hmm. It happened to be raining outside. <laughs> and the movie, of course, like that has, that plays a big part in it, at least towards the end of it. It was meant to be. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I just got strangely attached to it. I don't know if anybody else has ever had this happen with some movie. 
maybe not the most popular movie or maybe it was but you just feel some kind of like weird connection to it and then you just end up watching it on either a schedule every year or just like <laughs> frequently without some real schedule i, don't I mean know. <laughs> it sounds kind of insane when you put it <laughs> on a schedule <laughs> i watch this yeah January. well it's not that like you know when you think about holiday movies and people want to watch christmas movies well, yeah, or guess, halloween but... and people want to watch Halloween. but yeah it is kind of random to just have a one movie that like you need to watch in the summertime Every unless July. it's like jaws we were talking about doing that one a mm-hmm. lot of people would i wonder if like you're the only person in existence that has seen the mean season this many times <laughs> you know that's a good point the mean season okay so just to give a little background it does it does have some pretty significant actors at least back in the 80s it came out in 1985 mm-hmm. kurt russell and mariel hemingway and andy garcia oh yeah that's right and what if I, that might have been his debut um role ever he looked very young mm-hmm. i mean that was i can't think of anything else he would have been in before that but yeah, yeah he was really young and then some other like lower level act richard mazer who was the dad in risky business oh yeah i don't know and he was like he was like a dad like in a lot of those 80s comedy movies mm-hmm. and um, who else? That might have been about it. Oh, I, oh, um, yeah, the guy from, that was in The Sopranos also that played Ralphie, oh, Joe Pantoliano. Who was he? He's well. Was he not? Yeah. So I had it on today. Yeah. And you came over like towards the end of it. I had yeah. it on, but he was the photographer, mm. and that might have been his debut role. Actually, he was very skinny. Like, and he would later. He was, it was just like a very low-key role for him. But, mm-hmm. you know, he was there, though, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, a handful of pretty decent actors. Yeah. I always thought that the the girl, Christine, I always thought she looked familiar. Oh, Mariel like... Hemingway. Oh, yeah. She's oh. been in a bunch of stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, never mind. Especially <laughs> back then. there's reason for that. Um, speaking of her, it's pretty funny because she famously, hopefully I'm not spreading misinformation or disinformation, <laughs> but I believe. She had a um, breast augmentation, I think, just to get a movie, to get a part in a movie. Not oh. this one, but there's a movie called Star 80, which was really creepy. And it was huh. the true story of um, Dorothy Stratton, who was a Playboy centerfold. And um, the story is about her boyfriend, Eric Roberts, mm-hmm. how he finds her just working at a Dairy Queen. <laughs> and he recruits her somehow into like the sleazy... <laughs> you know world of adult photography and she Mm -hmm. ends up i guess doing more tasteful stuff with playboy Mm -hmm. but then he becomes obsessed with her and it doesn't end well for her Hmm. i think she had it done for that movie and then she was in another movie called personal best which came out like 1982 Hmm. and the funny thing about the mean season Mm -hmm. is that like she shows them off in this movie (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know if that was her idea or what because you figure if she did it for one movie maybe she wants to get like this is going to sound terrible but her money's worth that <laughs> and show them off again but then nobody saw the mean season except me <laughs> for however many times that you've watched it over and over it was worth it just for that oh yeah <laughs> well i mean you saw it right I mean, I can't say that I really took notice. Right. <laughs> it wasn't a scene that is uh, standing out in my memory. It was pretty shameless, though. Maybe it was the director's idea. 
because there's a scene where she's in the house uh-huh. and you hear the suspenseful music come up and it's just mm-hmm. it's totally like a ripoff of psycho too where the, yeah she's in the shower and somebody comes uh-huh. in you see the shadow on the wall even mm. with what looks like a knife okay um and it turns out just to be her boyfriend kurt russell but before that she steps out of there she's like huh what's going on and oh, just like a boob shot okay. right there it's like totally like this does sound vaguely familiar not necessary right but just steps <laughs> out and there they are and just gets back in the shower <laughs> i don't know i feel like boob shots are pretty common in horror movies yeah but it's not a horror movie and she's you know pretty <laughs> i mean she was at least nominated i think for personal best oh <laughs> so anyway well, maybe yeah. worked out and it all worked out. I guess. Except that nobody <laughs> saw this movie. Except for me. I'm sure it came in under budget. But you saw it. like I made up for all the least. people who didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen it like what? like? I would say, so the first time I saw it was 1990. Uh-huh. I remember the date. Yeah. And yeah, I, it, I must have seen it like every year since then. <laughs> so that's like 33 times. Yeah. There's like even a lot of other favorite movies like I haven't seen as many times as that. I don't know why. <laughs> You've seen uh, Marielle, what's her name? Hemingway. Marielle Hemingway's breasts. <laughs> yep. I know the exact times. time. It's at 19 minutes and 32 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, save you the trouble from watching the movie. I just wanted to tune in and see that. Doing a public service. <laughs> I try. Um, but the premise of the movie, and it is, it's a decent plot. I don't. I can't say that I've seen this plot play out through too many other movies. You mentioned it's similar to like the Zodiac Killer um, scenario. Yeah. Um, I mean, my familiarity with both stories is a little bit vague, um, being that it's been a while since I saw the Zodiac Killer movie. I know it wasn't just a movie, but that is my <laughs> closest um, narrative to it. Yeah, um, but... and just to give a little background on the mean season, it's about a guy that kills somebody right at the beginning. That's mm-hmm. the opening scene of the movie. A young girl like is walked up to the edge of the beach, mm-hmm. and then she's just shot execution style. Yeah, a reporter comes out and just kind of gets the, the information, the facts, and everything. The story runs. It takes place mm-hmm. in Miami, and it takes and uh, the story runs in the Miami Herald the next day. Mm-hmm. The killer reads about his own killing. Mm-hmm. by this one journalist and he's so taken by the way the guy wrote the story and the description of everything that he decides he's going to call up the journalist at the newspaper mm-hmm. and inform him that he intends to kill five other people and he's going to be like the conduit between him and the rest of the media he'll give him the inside story as to like where he's going to kill although they don't catch him until the end but He's basically, I don't know, wants to feed him information cause, just because he likes him. And yeah. there's some kind of weird connection he has with him. And so that's that's basically the premise of this. And the whole movie is just like him trying to balance talking to a psychopath over the phone mm-hmm. with stuff going on in his personal life. You can imagine that could be a tricky uh, tightrope. Yeah, walk. yeah. There's no handbook on how to navigate <laughs> that. Um but yeah, you were saying that that's kind of similar to what that Zodiac Similar-ish, yeah. There's kind of like a, a tie-in with the um, the journalism aspect. Because uh, yeah, it took place... Those killings took place in, in the Bay Area, actually. Um, yeah, where you were just at, yeah. Yep, and uh, it was like a journalist at the 
San Francisco. I don't know if it was like one particular journalist, but it was like it was just a thing at the San Francisco Chronicle how they were like covering these killings and they were all the killer was leaving all these cryptic messages and it was like yeah, a case of trying to decode okay. the messages and there was like the aspect that he was also enjoying the attention and the fact yeah. that nobody was able to figure out his uh his codes and um you know purportedly they would indicate when and where the next killing would happen and nobody was ever able to to do that so there's there's a little bit of overlap okay yeah yeah it seems like something that's that's been out there a storyline that's out there i just can't think of that i've ever seen it and i never Mm -hmm. did like read up or see any documentary on the zodiac killer i've seen like parts i think of the documentaries yeah you might like the movie because it has oh yeah a similar flavor to the mean season is that jake gyllenhaal Uh, or robert downey jr's and i know i think it yeah i think it is jake gyllenhaal (laughs) okay i see that as a question not so much a statement i realize so that is the premise and you know like i i meant to mention the name of the actual killer in this movie too i want to say his name's richard jordan I want to make sure I get it right because he's good. And let's see. He's been the, he was in a couple. Yep. Richard Jordan. Hmm. So he died young, I think in the mid nineties of a brain aneurysm, I think. Mm-hmm. But he was in a couple of random movies. He was in like uh, the hunt for red October. Hmm. You see him in the beginning. I think he's like one of the U S admirals or something. And he was Isn't also that a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. No, that's long before. Oh. That was like 1990 that came out. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking of. Alec Baldwin and Sean Connery. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's he's a great actor though. He's it's too bad, you know, he wasn't more prominent in the movies that he was in. But he does a great job of just playing this very, you know, this killer who's got like one one thing in his mind and it doesn't go the way he wants it to and then at some point in the movie he gets pissed off at Kurt Russell because it appears Kurt Russell if I didn't mention this already he was the reporter and so Kurt Russell begins to take on this celebrity status he's suddenly getting you know invited to do interviews on local news stories and you know his own friends in the media industry are starting to become very intrigued by him and then suddenly he's like on national stories and that's when the killer really freaks out he was on like some NBC you know show with Chris Wallace or somebody like 60 Minutes I think interviews him and he's just like giving these these very loose facts about what's going on so the killer sees that and then it, he just flips out and gives him an ultimatum and then Kurt Russell at one point's like you know what I'm out I'm done with this because now his girlfriend is becoming very pissed off she makes a comment at one point in the movie where where she says she's like you know I she's like I don't even know when you're at home when you're not at home and the killer starts calling them at home just like to shoot the shit mm-hmm. and then she answers the phone one time <laughs> she's like this is bullshit she's like you're talking to a psychopath and pretty much gives him like you know a me or him type of thing she's yeah. like do you ever fight with him do you ever tell him <laughs> that he's crazy <laughs> Um, so it becomes very awkward and strained in that relationship. And so that's around the point where he decides, you know, he wants out. But little does he know that once he decides that, it's already too late because the killer has kidnapped her. Mm. 
and he doesn't know what the plan is from that point because the killer is very methodical he knows that he has five killings he knows exactly like three females and two males Mm -hmm. and that was all part of his he already accounted he already killed three females so you know he's kind of telling himself that to reassure himself that she's going to be okay but who knows because as with any psychopath you never really know what they're going to do Mm -hmm. so that becomes very traumatic for him and in the midst of all this you have a hurricane that's moving into florida so the title of the movie the mean season i guess this is um what do you call it it's a legitimate term i -hmm. guess to describe a point in august maybe late july and august Mm -hmm. where the days become so humid and it becomes just like so unbearably hot Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like that's what's, you know, that leads to hurricanes forming in the first place, I guess. And yeah. then they start rolling through. And then towards the end of the movie, like a hurricane does come through, right? When mm-hmm. like Kurt Russell comes face to face with the killer. Mm-hmm. And and there's like a showdown. And will she be alive or won't she as far as his girlfriend goes? Yeah. Although when you were in Miami not too long ago... Yeah. Didn't you inquire about the term, the mean season? Um, I'm trying to remember if I did that or if I asked somebody if they knew about the movie. Oh, you know what it was? <laughs> I went, so there's a mo- There's a restaurant called Joe's Stone Crab, uh-huh. which is a very prominent restaurant in Miami. I didn't even know about it until I watched this movie. <laughs> yeah. Just from seeing it like 33 times. You the, get... biggest, the biggest mean season fan. <laughs> <laughs> you get, yeah, you get to see like, parts of the movie that probably nobody you see like every flaw in the movie and every like thing about miami it's just like tobacco road you start yeah. learning about things just by virtue <laughs> of watching it and absorbing all these things you can take a break from watching like the main focus of the scene and like see all these like little ancillary things that are going on in the background you know what you should do you should contact the director of the mean season tell him you've seen the movie 33 times <laughs> you know i wish i could unfortunately the guy has passed away oh, and he also died young john borsos i think oh. um yeah i don't even think he lived past the 80s it was huh. maybe a heart attack or something huh. and he was a pretty prominent actor uh, actor director too mm-hmm. maybe not prominent but he did like a movie called the gray fox which was mm-hmm. i think a canadian movie but it was it got some critical acclaim Okay. And uh, he might have just had those two, though. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> um, what else could he have done? <laughs> what other hits? Right. Yep. And let's see. Oh, the music, the score was done by Lalo Schifrin, who's done like a ton of music in other uh, movies also. Mm. So I don't know if he's, I doubt that he's still doing scores for movies, but. Yeah um yeah the movie had a lot going for it really yeah so getting back to the restaurant yeah joe stonecrab so i did i think i did ask somebody if i i told them i didn't i didn't go as far as to say the name of the movie and i just kind of like was a little bit aloof about it i was like yeah i think there was a movie with kurt russell and mariel hemingway filmed here back in the 80s because one of the waiters told me he would he had been there since like a long time back since the 80s but it was the late 80s though and this was Mm. filmed in 85 
so I was like, yeah, I think uh, Kurt Russell. And he's like, yeah, it's possible. He's like, a lot of movies have, you know, set this as a backdrop at one point in the movie. Mm-hmm. So it would have been awesome to like actually meet somebody at the restaurant who had been there. But, you know, going back almost 40 years, that's a lot to ask. <laughs> yeah. The same person who works the restaurant, is still, unless yeah. the owner themselves, which that probably wasn't <laughs> even the case, has probably changed hands yeah. into different ownership. Maybe a crusty old janitor somewhere. <laughs> you never know i don't know but then like so i wasn't even yeah the scene in the movie like they're him and mariel hemingway they're sitting like somewhere near these like uh french doors and it's like florida ceiling glass and i'd gone there not even realizing how it, it was a pretty uh i don't want to say upscale but it was a pretty pricey restaurant posh yeah i'm walking with like shorts and just a polo shirt and there's guys walking up with like suits on oh, man. and there's mercedes dropping them off and just be you know a ballet park and of course like every vehicle you know it's, it's south beach yeah and every vehicle was just like you know some exotic vehicle or something very expensive and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man i didn't dress for this <laughs> and i'm like if i just go sit in the bar is that okay They're like oh yeah we don't care mm-hmm. as long as you're not wearing a tank top <laughs> it seems like there's so few places anymore that 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 hold you to a certain decorum man what's the world becoming i know it's like a thing <laughs> of the past where it's just like the places where there you were required to wear a suit and jacket i don't even know if that like is something that's enforced anymore you know what I mean... would happen is somebody would be there with their stupid damn phone recording it <laughs> like can you believe the restaurant did not let this person in they just, all they wanted to do was go in and, and, and enjoy a meal and it would become <laughs> something like that Maybe. Although I know that there's some like clubs that have dress codes. Yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah I guess. But... Yeah, I've been rejected from a few clubs back in the day <laughs> for like wearing sneakers, I think. Oh, okay. That tracks. That tracks. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, uh, I sat at the bar and enjoyed some stone crabs, some uh-huh. crab legs, I guess which were not even in season at the time. They were frozen. But what are you going to do? I was there in June. Mm. So apparently that's not good crab season. I have no idea what crab season is. I didn't either until I got there. (laughs) And the restaurant themselves didn't tell me that. Like somebody, I was at a different bar, I think the previous day, Uh where the guy was, he had like, he was like some real crab aficionado. And he's like, yeah, this is not the time of year to to eat crab down here. (laughs) Like I would have known the difference between frozen and fresh. Yeah. And, and that's it is what... not the time of year to eat crab. <laughs> yeah, and that's what Joe's told me. They're like, you're not going to know the difference. It's like... <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, I finished up my crab legs. I think my, my $200 crab legs. Oh, my God. And then asked them if I could, like, walk through the restaurant. They're like, yeah, sure, do whatever you want. I'm, like, taking pictures in there, and there's people, like, families looking at me and stuff. But it was great, though. It was a great time for me. <laughs> Just to be like, wow, they were standing right where I'm standing now. <laughs> the mean season fanboy tour. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So the killer, he was very menacing. You know, he had, you don't know who he is until actually about halfway through they show his face. So that's kind of like a little bit, I remember showing, I've shown many people this movie mm-hmm. over the years too. I remember like one friend of mine was like, oh, why did they show his face halfway through? That takes all the mystery out of it. <laughs> Yeah. But um, I don't, you know, it doesn't take away from the movie for me. I It was, you know, he's a good actor. And I think, you know, it does, it's kind of important, I guess, to see him. Mm-hmm. The way he, the way he um, actually kidnaps 
his girlfriend. It's just like he he got to her vehicle mm -hmm. and switched the wires in the distributor cap so that mm. it wouldn't start. And he posed. See, she was a teacher mm -hmm. just getting done her shift at school, and he was posing like it's a substitute teacher that mm -hmm. she never would have seen before. So that's how he pulled that off. And he just walked by her car, saw her struggling. And he's like, oh, need a hand there? He's like, it's not really my field, but sometimes <laughs> I get lucky. And he just goes in the back of the car, just plays around with it. And then, you know, soon enough, he kidnaps her. Um, and yeah, I thought it was clever how, you know, there was a showdown in the Everglades where... He wanted to meet Malcolm face to face. Malcolm offers Malcolm's Kurt Russell's name in the movie. He offers to give himself up and let his girlfriend go, and that's the deal. Well, isn't that what the killer wanted? He was yeah. like, "I want you, Malcolm." Yeah. Which I'm kind of like confused by that. <laughs> like, why did he? Like, what was he gonna do with him? I think. Kill Were they him. gonna? Oh. <laughs> yeah. As far as well, he felt betrayed. Okay. I mean, he was just really, really insistent on getting the story done yeah. by Kurt Russell. I see. But then like he brings this the whole entire army with him, it looks like. <laughs> and the killer's just like, Malcolm. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, you can't do one thing right. And then like he storms off into the Everglades somewhere and then you hear a gunshot. And you're expecting like, oh wow. Well he probably did shoot her at that point because yeah. he's so pissed off about it. Oh I kind of thought that he shot himself. Well, yeah, that was what he was trying to trick them into thinking. Because yeah. you found that corpse, right? With, yeah. which Kurt Russell thought was him. He, he was wearing the same exact clothes. Kurt Russell flips the corpse over. And he's like, he's like, where is she? <laughs> and then you see like the thing has no face on it. It's like completely blown off. And he's like shaking it as if it's going to give him an answer. <laughs> uh, so at that point, you figure, okay, that's the end of the killer. And Mariel Hemingway was like, um, somewhere off in the bushes, they find her mm -hmm. unharmed. And then, yeah, there's a little bit of commentary on the media themselves about how they can just be so callous about things also. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, like, since the whole army went out to track down the killer, by the time they emerge from the Everglades, mm -hmm. um, there's like a whole team of reporters there. Mm -hmm. And the first thing you hear... Like, as soon as they, you know, step off of the airboat that brings them back, one of the reporters yells out, hey, Malcolm, did he rape her? Like, that's the first thing, like, they're confronted with, like, when he gets back there. Yeah. Very poor taste, I would say. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit of a trick there because you think that everything is, is pretty much, you know, wrapped up. But then there's a scene where they're back home. With Malcolm and his girlfriend, and it's dark and it's stormy out, and you hear you see like Much a like it is today, right? <laughs> yep, I always try to pick a, a rainy day to watch it on, <laughs> just like in the movie. Um, you see like a door move, and you just see like you know the branches hitting the trees, all those cliches you have. So you get the sense that something isn't right here, mm -hmm. even though you saw like a corpse in the Everglades. It's just like, yeah, what else is gonna happen? And then sure enough, like yeah. the killer does emerge from outside of a closet or something with a gun in his hand. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the movie's not quite over yet. But I feel like I shouldn't give this one away. It's oh, funny because well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like you gave away the biggest plot twist. <laughs> well, I did. But you didn't give away how he did it, but 
I gave away the fact that the killer tricked them with a fake corpse. It was actually the fifth victim. He dressed up okay. as himself. Wait, so what are you not giving away then? <laughs> well, I, how I just left it was that the killer has them at gunpoint. Yes. So oh, I okay. There. I see. All uh, right. Well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's kind of last week I kind of ran into this also because the movie I did was just from a couple of years ago. A little bit of a deviation uh-huh. from the 80s old stuff that yeah. we usually do here. So I'm like, hmm, this just came out in 2019. When you do a new movie, do you give away the ending or not? Because a lot of people might have seen it mm. or the chance to. So, well, a lot of people uh, probably have not seen the main season. You. Yeah, well, yep, exactly <laughs> right. I mean, even though it has been around for a million years, who's even heard of it, let alone see it? Yeah, well, maybe you're going to bring about a whole new appreciation for... Uh, <laughs> I Suddenly, would love streams that. of the mean season have spiked <laughs> across the nation. If it could become some kind of cult hit because <laughs> of this podcast, that would just be a dream come true. Yeah. You get a call from Kurt Russell. Yeah. He's impersonating the killer. Please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Kurt Russell, Mariel Hemingway, if you're out there, uh, find my website, notyouraveragehorrorshow.com hyphen a podcast. I guess with that, were there any kind of observations or things about that movie? Obviously. I'm always curious to see, like, what... So- I've shown a lot of people this movie, too, over the years. <laughs> Including our mother. Yes. <laughs> our mom, who's no longer with us, was subjected to this movie. <laughs> yep. Um, a hun- you know, not hundreds, because they don't have hundreds of friends, but uh, tens of friends. <laughs> fives <laughs> i can't even say tens <laughs> ones of friends have seen it uh who else co-workers maybe ex-girlfriends oh, who have come and gone they've seen it too <laughs> throughout the years <laughs> the summer flings yeah right yes summertime flings have seen it so so they always they always say the same thing they're like okay yeah it was good and that pretty much makes sense because it you know i've been saying the whole time that it, it was very under the radar so i get under the radar response like what what else? I'm waiting for somebody else to be as captivated by it as I was. Wow. But right. sadly, I don't think it'll ever happen. Maybe it will. Shoot us a, a response on um, notyouraveragepodcast.com. Yeah. Wait, I <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> I forget myself. But I think I said it right the first time. So yeah, we'll just... all right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe this will become somebody else's favorite movie and the torch will be, the baton will be passed. Somebody right. else can carry on the legacy of uh, the schedule. And I'll suddenly lose interest in watching it. <laughs> Could be. You never know. <laughs> All right. So with that, that ends a summer night. Hope everybody had a good July 4th. And yeah, we may do Jaws coming up at some point. I meant to tell you they're going to be doing a, um, a showing of it at a local brewery. Oh. $5 gets you in and your first pint wow okay yeah they have like a little boardroom set up i actually found this brewery out you know in a nearby town and they're they're there for like the local businesses i guess mostly like during you know your lunchtime or happy hour Uh uh-huh but they walked us back into this secret area into this like secret room which has like 50 seats and it's like an auditorium and a big screen oh that's kind of cool they're like yeah we do summer night movies here and you can come and have some drinks while watching a movie oh so that's thursday this Thursday? Yep. All right. All right, everybody. 
Well, hey, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week.